to me, I'm more interested in the people that are participating more than just the sport going on, but kind of capturing them and the element of what they're doing uh, and the emotion that they're going through is, is what really captivates me in sports photography, whether it's running or, or, um, or sailing or bike racing or whatever it is, um, just really feel like you have a connection to the athlete that you're taking a photo of. That's what sport photography is to me. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me on the Training Edge podcast. Today, I sit down with professional photographer Cody Mann to chat about the importance of sport photography. In today's age, sport photography is more and more important to capture moments in time and ingrain those moments in our memory. When an athlete does something that we previously thought impossible, when an athlete shows the emotion that they're going through, when an athlete put, is put through harsh conditions, photographs that can capture this puts the viewer in the moment. You can almost live that athlete's moment in a way, and that is super powerful. To give you a little background on why I chose to chat with Cody, I went to school at Mary University for fine arts and specifically photography. So fair warning, we do geek out a little over photography. But what we get into gives you insight into what the life of a sport photographer is like, how photography is used in the realm of professional sport, and then how photography can be used to help push the sport. All right. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Cody. Cody, thanks for hanging out with me today. Yeah, man. Stoked. <laughs> um, all right. Podcast and photography, both great stuff. Um, I asked you on the podcast to chat about the role of photography in sport um, and what the ability to capture a moment within a competition does. So to, to give a little bit more of a background, at the highest level of sport, the presence of photographer is pretty much like 100% of the time, um, especially in cycling. Uh, at the top level, um, even in the harshest conditions, like you'll be out racing and it'll be hailing on you and you'll be thinking of how miserable it is and how sketchy it is and how hard you're having to go. And then there's this moto ref or moto photographer next to you um, just in just the same conditions uh, out there trying to shoot. And, um, that was always really, uh, inspiring actually for the most part. And then it's sometimes annoying, um, depending on who's driving. Um, (laughs) but so, yeah, I mean like just in general, that's why I wanted to chat with you. I think it, it is an underrated thing within sport and it is what, um, and we'll get into some of the iconic images later on, but like that, yeah, that is what people think of. They, um, very rarely can I think of when you would replay, something in your mind of footage you think instead like one captured moment tends to be. Um, but anyways, at the high, um, so what do you think sport photography is? What is it to you? To me, I think, um, it's a good question. I think a lot of times people jump in and just take a photo of a race or a sport event or whatever it is. And, And I think, um, to me, that's not really what it is. To me, I think it's more of capturing the emotion that the athlete is having. And even oftentimes, 
uh, the interaction with the crowd too. So kind of that relationship between um, the athlete and the the race and the pain or whatever they're going through, and then the the spectators and kind of the emotion that they have. So sport photography to me is more of the people um, and kind of what they're going through. Hmm. So uh, like, does it have more to do? It kind of makes it sound like it has less to do with the athletes then. Uh, it's, it's less to do with the sport, I think, huh, and, and more to do with the athlete and, and, and what they're enduring or what they're putting forth. Um, and then oftentimes to capture the spectators and kind of what's going on from, from, from their vantage point. But I think it's more so to me, I'm more interested in the people that are participating more than just the sport going on, but kind of capturing them and the element of what they're doing, uh, and the emotion that they're going through is, is what really captivates me in sports photography, whether it's running or, or, um, or sailing or bike racing or whatever it is. Um, just really feel like you have a connection to the athlete that you're taking a photo of. That's what sport photography is to me. What do you feel then photography does for sport? Do you think it's the same thing where it basically showcases that or is there more? Yeah, I think there's, there's different aspects. You know, I think some people get really stoked on the big scenes and the big environments and those are super rad photos. Um, I think that kind of connects you to the race and the feel of what's going on. I think being able to connect to the athlete at like a very close up level, you can experience them a bit as well. I think that's, that's, that's what kind of pulls people in as well. So I think it's kind of a mix of a couple of things. Yeah. 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 Like that, the it's lately I've been seeing a lot of uh, more macro photos of faces. Yeah. That's what the, I love. The, the pain that the athletes are going through. Yeah. It's a little bit of a contrast because it doesn't show the, I guess the stage necessarily. It just yeah. shows them, which is in a way kind of makes it a little bit more uh, enticing because you don't know really what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, okay. Like uh, the Grubers, their stuff is so amazing. They, they do a really killer job at capturing the landscapes and lighting and just, just insanely good stuff. And then they'll also get really tight stuff. And then, um, uh, I think the person's name is Jojo Harper in Europe and works with Trek's team. Mm-hmm. Um, worked with the Trek's women's team. I know for sure, but her, her stuff, uh, post-race and pre-race was always really great capturing people's emotions you know like taylor wiles and ruth winder she did a killer job at just kind of capturing that stuff and i've always really enjoyed that work as well because you kind of feel like you have a connection to the to the people in the photos yeah so that was my next question was literally what uh, sport photographers inspire you yeah i would say the groovers are ton like i really like that they use color um i i get a little bummed out when people tone everything out and like in post-production make everything like brown I'm like what do you mean by use color so um you know when you look outside there's yellows blues greens reds everything right um i think a lot of people in post-production will mute color and make everything kind of more brown to look dramatic and all those things and um i'm a fan of using color and i like to see the color that is actually in the world. And I think the Groovers do a really great job with that. And I really enjoy, um, their landscape stuff where they can capture 
a, a big vista with somebody in it and they actually bring um they bring the whole whole scene into to view um and they keep the color with it too they don't like unsaturated or tweak the color too much and in a, a muted way so i really enjoy their stuff a ton um Joe Harper, Jojo Harper. I'm, I'm so terrible with names. Oh, that's all right. um, her stuff is great too. Um, though I really enjoy that. Um, it's yeah. There's a handful of people though that I really like their stuff a ton. Um, at times I try not to look at other people's stuff to be totally honest, huh. just, just cause I don't want to find myself. I like, I, I get bummed at times or compare myself and then I'm like, Oh, I'll just quit looking at it. So yeah, but there's definitely people that I'm like totally inspired by. Um, I almost try to look at different sports more than cycling just to kind of draw from that. But in the cycling world, there's definitely a handful of people that I really like. What is, uh, have you found anything that's done in other sports that you're trying to emulate or trying to bring into? Uh, yeah. So, um, so I grew up in surfing. I grew up in in the surfing world Mm -hmm. and did contests and travel with that until I was like early twenties. And there is an Australian company called insight, back in like the two thousands and they were this weird, weird Australian brand. I don't know if they're still around, but they would do photo shoots where they would have like big beach balls, huge, like eight, 10 foot beach balls in the lineup and surfing lineup. And they would have guys boosting the big air and they would have that in the background. And I'm like, why don't we do more weird stuff in cycling like that? So like when I did like an LA sweat shoot recently, I was like, Hey, let's get something weird. Let's do something different. So we ended up bringing out like strobe lights and shooting it on a tennis court. Like it was, a Ralph Lauren polo shoot just to kind of do something totally different than the, than like the normal bike scene. So yeah, like I, I think it's almost more interesting to draw from different sports, um, than just to do what everybody else is doing. Like, I think the cycling market's cool, but I think that there's definitely room for doing some different stuff. Yeah. It's lately I've been looking at a lot of climbing Mm -hmm. photographs and, um, you know, like Jimmy Chin's work and their crew that they've done. I, mean, I think pretty much everyone has seen different photos of Alex Honnold. And that's like when you've seen Alex, you've probably seen one of Jimmy Chin's photographs. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people quite understand within sport photography. You know, there, there are some sports where you are able to be on a court. You're just kind of moving around. You're uh, maybe sitting down on a basketball court trying to catch the photo. Um, but also in different sports, extreme sports in particular, you are like either in the kayak, you're um, mm-hmm. climbing the wall. Maybe you already did it before them and you've been sitting on the wall for six hours waiting for them. Um, you've been like, you know, you might've been in a wingsuit with somebody or in a para, para suit of some sort. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, these guys are pretty phenomenal athletes to be able to follow. Yeah. Um, these athletes and be able to shoot them in a certain light. And I think that like, if you have the ability to add that in motion a little bit more and that perspective, it can change it, which is why, um, I think it's phenomenal when I'm in a race and we see a photographer like sitting on top of an arch, like, I don't know, a couple hundred feet above the Peloton or something shooting yeah. down or, um, you know, the, of course the helicopter helps a lot, but yeah, I've always been super inspired by those photographers and how they can make change and change perspective, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, um, different and different sports. Like I've, I've shot climbing a couple of times and yeah, you definitely are hanging off the side of a rock wall and you're like, 
you know, you're having to handle all your own gear and you've got a huge camera hanging off your shoulder at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got a ton of respect for the guys that shoot the climbing stuff. It's just insane. Yeah. I wonder if the, so in surfing, is there any sort of on water shooting that goes on outside of like having a GoPro or yeah, you're like t- yeah. Like all those guys are typically using a water housing hmm. okay. in, in the lineup. Yeah. So like if you're at pipeline, you're using a water housing and you're sitting just inside the channel from the waves, or you may even be kind of right where it's breaking. So, and, what, so explain what a water housing is. So a water housing is a, um, really expensive, um, enclosure for your camera. So it typically have like, has like a little joystick style handle and then the, the camera body and the housing sits on top of that and it has a trigger kind of like, you know, it's like a little fire trigger for like your finger and you can fire the camera like that. So you can typically put a wider to like maybe like a 50 millimeter lens in there and, um, keeps your camera dry and safe. They're, they're usually pretty expensive too. Cause, um, they have to be to take a, a beating like that. And, um, yeah, those guys, um, those guys are pretty wild. Like Clark Little in Hawaii. And then there's a few other guys. Oh man, I'm so bad with names. Are they just like surfing the, no, the they're, same lines or whatever? No, just sitting there. You, you just swim. You've got like, <laughs> you've got, uh, flippers on. And then like when the waves comes, you dive under or you're just oh, outside it in the channel. So it won't break on you. Cool. Yeah. It's really crazy. And then that kind of sounds like it's just point and shoot then, right? Like you're just pointing the camera in the yeah, you're direction like, and shoot. And yeah, you're literally, yeah, like if you're like where there's barrels, like you're literally hanging almost in the barrel and you have the camera sticking like, it's like this and you're just like putting the camera out, pop, 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 shoot, shoot wow. a few photos and then you pull it back in as the guy goes by. That's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So those guys, those guys swim out there for like hours at a time and, um, Zach Noyle, that's the guy's name. I met him in Hawaii at the Vulcan Pipe House at one point. Super nice guy, and he's one of the most renowned um, surf photographers. And then, like, uh, the Beelmans are just insane, too. Those guys are great. Um, so what what other sports, I guess, inspire you on the photography front? Um, man, I think sports-wise, I would say surfing. Um, the rock climbing stuff is cool. I, I don't get a ton of opportunities to shoot rock climbing but i really enjoy seeing the stuff that they do but surfing surfing to me is just gorgeous um when when you see a really good water photo or something like that it's just you just feel like you feel something from it um because i grew up doing it so like that i feel like i have like a connection with that um and, and then still surf as well but um uh yeah and then cycling obviously trail running i really enjoy yeah so i enjoy shooting that some too so like i've really enjoyed trail running um on the photography side just because you so easily um well i don't want to say easily but it's common now to see perspective like yeah it's very simple to shoot a runner amongst like a forest or a mountainside and have pretty phenomenal perspective um and just be half the human being basically dwindled by everything else yeah 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 you can set it up pretty easily and it's not as hard well it's about the same as cycling i reckon but like just getting people to like re redo the shot too 
True. Yeah. yeah. I guess that gets, you can kind of slow people down. <laughs> yeah, you can like, okay. like, yeah, that's yeah. That's one thing with like with cycling. You always have to remind people like you're not really riding right now. This is fake. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's do not go all out on each one of these repeats. Yeah, like, this is pretend. Yeah. If you want the anguish, just act like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So then, with shooting photography or um, sorry, shooting sports, and then. Uh, cycling in particular shooting while in motion um which is obviously what makes some uh, sport photography so difficult or maybe all sports photography because in general your subject is in motion and and you might be in motion as well um how does that change things and and what does that do oh man it's uh it adds a whole nother layer yeah because there's a couple ways you can do it i've done times where i'm like literally running next to people but oftentimes i'll do it um on the bike depending on what we're doing if i'm just out for a ride we need some content for whoever i'll just bring a camera and just shoot it like that depending on what it is or what resolution i might bring like a nicer camera i might bring a smaller more um, appropriate camera for what the setting is but um then i've had times where i shoot out of the back of my truck (laughs) which you've been a part of several times um and, and that, that adds a layer of complexity because you have to know kind of the route that the people are doing. You have to know that people are shooting with sometimes that helps. Like, I mean, like you don't have to know them, but like it helps. Um, and then you have to know your driver like enough to be able to kind of trust that they know what they're doing. Like when we shot 303 project, um, like Albert was driving my truck. So that was fine. Um, my truck bed had my actual bed in at my platform because I was sleeping in my truck bed a lot and I had my platform in there and um I was just kind of like putting my feet against the gate which only had a couple inches and just hoping that I didn't slide out and there was one point where my feet didn't hold and I like started sliding <laughs> towards the back of the bed but yeah that like that adds a different layer and um I think you have that that adds that adds a lot of trust to like you have to know the people that you're that you're working with to like get a to like do what you're asking them to do, um, and that and, and what really helps honestly I think is having done the sport like having riding bikes already and then having raced and that kind of thing and so you know what they're doing what they're thinking what they're going through while they're riding rather than just being like oh this is a cool photo and also that helps with knowing what a cool photo is right so. I mean, okay, so um, I had a really cool opportunity. My buddy Ben Bardwell, really great guy. He's a professional sailor. When I was living in California, invited me to go to Long Beach and shoot the Stars and Stripes sailing team um, training and doing kind of tryouts on GC32s training for the America's Cup. So that doesn't happen very often. So I was like, yeah, that's rad. I'll come shoot that. And um it was really kind of crazy because the first day I didn't, I didn't get on the GC 32, like the sailboats, there's two of them. And then we had two chase boats, which are like little Zodiac kind of pontoons. And we'd be going pretty fast. And I've I've never shot that before. I've never shot in the water like that. And, um, shooting from a Zodiac that's bouncing up and down (laughs) with a big 200 millimeter lens is really difficult to do. Um, and then trying to direct, the boat to get a cool content for the, for the team is, is definitely different as well because a, I don't come from sailing. 
So what I think is cool may not be cool in the sailing world. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where they, they, they liked having me because it was a different perspective. But I think that that adds a whole other layer of shooting on the go, right? Like shooting out of a truck, I've done that. Shooting out of a car, I've done that. Shooting from my bike, I've done that. I've never shot from initially just the chase boat. And then the second day I shot on the, the GC32, like the sailboat. And um, it, was, it was wild, man. Like we we're going like 10 to 15 knots. The boat would hike and you'd have to jump under the boom. And um, thankfully I grew up on the ocean, so I'm very comfortable in the water. But um, that's very different than anything I've shot before. So you're like jumping around the boat and it's splashing water everywhere. And you're like having to, to duck as these insanely professional people that are they're like Olympians. Like half the people we're sailing with are Olympians. We're like doing their job and cranking this stuff out and you're just trying to get cool images for them it's really cool but it's a whole different type of moving while you're shooting yeah which is which is rad i was so thankful for that experience it was really cool so but, but like compared to cycling when you know the sport quite a bit better you yeah. know where to be you know how to be there you know how an athlete will react you know what they'll do yeah and yeah i mean you're not on their bike while they're <laughs> yeah. shooting too. it was it was pretty much yeah shooting sailing sprint the equivalent of of like practically being on a cyclist's back while, while he's riding. Um, um, but yeah, like it was really cool. And then kind of getting, getting to know the guys, you, like you're comfortable being able to kind of like not, not direct a photo. Cause these guys were like cranking out just huge lines and doing cool stuff. And, and um, yeah, it's just, t- it's just totally different than shooting bike stuff or trail running. Yeah. Different yeah. Challenges. <laughs> it, was, it, it was totally different, but it was cool. That's, yeah. it reminds, like, have you seen, uh, any of the UCI, like mountain bike world cup yeah, yeah. races? And this isn't photographers, but, um, the cameramen that are on climbs oh, yeah. have like their, uh, chest strap and their camera on their chest. And then they're running full tilt, like <laughs> following these athletes up this pretty gnarly climb. It's insane. Through yeah. rock gardens, <laughs> like trying not to eat it <laughs> while trying to keep things steady. But like, then it'll pan to the camera and it's perfect. Yeah. It's like a phenomenal shot. And yeah, those guys don't get noticed at all. <laughs> no, n- nobody cares about those guys yeah. that are happening. Well, yeah. And, um, there's a, there's a running photographer, Sebastian, something who shoots with all these Alpine runners and he get and like, I mean, he's got a huge following, but the thing is he's running just as fast as the guys that he's photographing. And they're doing like these Ridge runs that are just insane. And the dude's running with like a GoPro in his hand, like, what's up? Like running across like the most gnarly ridge on earth. And you're like, how is no one caring about what you're doing right now? This yeah. is insane. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool seeing those guys, what they do. Man. Um, all right. So yeah, I mean, what do you think in regards to like being in the back of your truck and sliding around on the back of your truck? What do you think? think it would be like to be on the back of a motorcycle shooting oh i'd love it really yeah yeah um yeah that was the goal for next year but tour of california's canceled and i had a hookup that was going to get me on one which was cool um but unfortunately that's not going to happen now so maybe utah but um yeah i think i'd enjoy it though i'm comfortable riding the bike fast so yeah. I, I reckon the guy that's driving the motorcycle knows what he's doing and um though i really enjoy getting those those, those tight close images so i'd really love to do that um so i'm kind of bummed i haven't had the opportunity yet but i think in due time i reckon it'll happen yeah 
Yeah, I would think that would be one of the pinnacle moments for sure, at least within cycling photography. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, kind of getting to do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in recent history, um, and I would even just say, like, within my racing, sometimes moto having motos in the race period, you know, even beyond the caravan, um, is extremely annoying and at mm -hmm. times very dangerous. Um, yeah, I'm just curious, like what you think of that side of it? Like there's, you know, obviously a certain amount of photographers are needed out on course. How necessary is it to have a photographer there? Like what is the, is it really needed? I mean, needed no nothing's needed other than like maybe a camera guy but you got that guy in the helicopter possibly right so yeah. i mean needed eh, nice to have if you're wanting images yeah great but like i don't i don't reckon it's like needed um but if i had the opportunity i'd, I'd say yes it's totally needed it's totally needed that i'm there um yeah no i think that there's times in the race but like that's where like you know like a narrow climb like some of the ones that are just going through like crowds of people. Yeah. That's gotta be hectic. And like, that's gotta be a pain in the butt. Or like if you're descending and their motos aren't going as fast as you are through turns and whatnot, like, yeah, that's annoying. They should get out of the way. Um, I think that there's like a time and a place for them to be close other times. Not so much. Yeah. Be nice if they could incorporate some sort of like, bailout point or, um, certain sections where you need to be on the side of the road to allow for, you know, certain areas for the riders to have free reign. Yeah. Um, totally. Cause if they're in the way you can't attack or whatever, or you can't yeah. get away if you have a mechanical or whatever. And, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think some spots needed yes or no. Yeah. So. I think it'd be, yeah, the photography side, I think has a little bit more of a leash to not be as necessary within uh, videography. I think that's a little, little different because yeah. it's like oftentimes where the motos are getting caught up in things. Those are like the most exciting moments and people want to see it. Yeah. Um, but not obviously the, the motorcycle that's, that's causing the issues. All right. Well, yeah, let's step back a bit. How did you get into photography in the first place? So. <sighs> So I took photography in high school and I liked it a lot. I had a teacher named Mr. Matney and he was great. He was really cool. We do all of our own film processing and then we do all the prints and stuff in the dark room, which was really cool. Um, and then I did a class or two in college, I think like once. Um, and I've always had cameras, always knew how to like shoot after that though. I think you have to, you understand kind of the, the way that light works in a camera, you can kind of run with it from there. But um, I did a tiny bit in college and then didn't really um, do it for a while. And um, years ago, my ex-fiance, she was a photographer, so I'd shoot weddings with her. And so we did that. And then when they did uh, nationals in Greenville, South Carolina, like uh, I was living in Charleston, and it was just for fun, just drove and watched it and shot it. And, um, yeah, like, and so that was fun. That was kind of one of my first experiences shooting bike racing. And I was like, just, just for fun getting to shoot. Um, the race was really cool. And, um, it's funny getting to shoot that then and then like getting cool photos of Timmy Duggan and then now being friends with him. Yeah. It's, it's like totally funny. Um, but yeah, so I think, 
that was kind of the start of it. I've always kind of shot. And then, um, a few years back, um, a girl and I were dating and broke up and I was just like, well, I can either buy a new bike cause I've got some extra money now that I'm not dating somebody or I can, uh, buy a new camera cause I didn't have a, cause I didn't have any, any digital camera. I'd only had film cameras for a long time. And so I ended up buying a camera and then within a few months was getting paid jobs, which was really lucky. That's not like the normal trajectory, but it ended up being the right choice to kind of get back into it. So that was a while back, but yeah. So you, did you start getting paid jobs for sport mm-hmm. or for other? Yeah, for shoots? sport. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And what was that for? Like out of the gate? Um, I forget who my first client was. The first thing I did for somebody was track travel. Um, cool. and a buddy of mine asked me to shoot it just, and I was, and at the time I didn't know if I was any good. I was like, I don't know if these are gonna be any good. And they ended up loving it. So I was like, awesome. Oh, okay, cool. That's my last free job. Thanks. And then <laughs> after that, I was like, everything costs money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I forget who my first like paid thing was. I actually don't remember, but yeah. Okay. Um, so you obviously shoot outside of athletes as well, right? Like you do yep. portrait work, you do other things as well. Yep. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference and or challenge of shooting an athlete versus anyone else? Oh, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a huge difference. Like to be totally honest, cause I think, um, I think everybody's got their own insecurities, right? So I think it's the way that you're shooting people. Like I think um, everyone is insecure in their own way. I think it's just kind of helping them push through or not feel conscious or conscious of their of their insecurity. So like if you're taking a portrait of them, whether it's for a team thing, it's a headshot or it's a portrait in the studio, whatever it is, I think um, working with everybody is kind of similar because everybody's insecure in their own way about different things with their body or their face or their head or whatever, you know, um, literally we all have it. And, um, so I think like even athletes too, like full, full stop, everybody is. Um, so yeah, I think it's all pretty similar. Um, I think athletes are just more attuned to being fit. So they're used to wearing spandex so it's all a little different there they're not necessarily (laughs) insecure for being put in an outfit necessarily yeah Yeah, like people that are used to taking portraits like they don't mind modeling and they'll have a side of their face that they like to show more like that's that's pretty standard yeah athletes are comfortable getting headshots done a lot of times um different athletes are are more like i don't like this thing about me i don't like i don't like my eye here i don't like i don't like my whatever and and i think everybody's kind of got their thing how often do you have people that you're shooting do that tell you like please don't shoot this or please avoid this or um this is a good side that's typically been with either people i know very well hmm. or stuff i've picked up on while shooting with them and i've asked them just like hey do you have a side that you prefer or do you have something that you want me to like highlight and they'll usually say i don't want to highlight x or whatever Got or it. i do want to highlight this Got it. um because people um people you can kind of tell at times. Um, and I've, I've shot with people that are insecure about like their skin texture or 
like a droopy eye and I have an eye that like droops at times. So I get it too. So I'm always kind of going like this if I'm taking photos or whatever and like adjusting my eyelid cause it's annoying. So like I get that like hundred percent. Um, but like, I think you kind of pick up on it and then you're able to kind of, um, help them feel more secure with like what you're doing so that you can highlight the thing about themselves that they, that they like, or you can reiterate to them like, Hey, it's all good. Like you look great. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Um, so in that realm, then what do you do in a shoot to make people feel more comfortable or, um, yeah, more like you're not there maybe even. Yeah. So there's definitely times um, alcohol helps. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely shot, I've definitely shot engagement sessions and people who are listening to this, I've shot your engagement session in the bike world. You know who you are. Um, I've showed up with a bottle of whiskey and wine for the people because I, um, cause not everybody is always comfortable with like, cause people are comfortable having bike photos taken with them or them in their team kit, but getting like engagement photos or like, whatever done like that's a whole nother realm right that's like you in like your safe space with your significant other your partner or whatever and um so i think at times i've I've used that to be like hey it's cool like don't even worry about it other times i think i think the big thing is and one of the reasons i shoot photography is i i just really enjoy instilling confidence in people and like reaffirming them like hey like you look great like you're like you're rad like don't even sweat it I shot with a guy, um, Michael, a long time ago, and he 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 told me before he doesn't like portraits of himself, and I was taking some of them, and I, I showed it to him, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, I love this photo of me. I actually really enjoy this." And he it, like he like brightened up, and he looked a different guy. He was he was like so more so much more relaxed once he realized like, "Oh, these are flattering," and I think being able to kind of instill confidence in people, whether it's just kind of like reaffirming them or however you can. I think that's, that's kind of a cool gift that I really enjoy about doing, uh, in photography is just kind of helping people kind of see that, Hey, like you're awesome. Like you're rad, like you're beautiful people. Like you don't need to be, um, insecure or self-conscious of whatever. Yeah. I noticed that when you did, when we did shoots together, you, oftentimes like show the individuals in the shoot how the photo turned out Mm -hmm. um and you know coming from photography background like that wasn't necessarily always the case a lot of people hold their photographs fairly close to their chest when they're shooting even Mm -hmm. in a like modeling or portrait type setting Mm -hmm. um yeah so i thought that that was pretty cool but I, i was curious if that is intentional or if that is something you just do because you're excited about your photograph both okay. both yeah because i think okay so at times hey i just love shooting photography and i want to share it with people so yeah. like i'm excited if we get cool content or like if we get a cool image i'm like oh look at this this is this is killer um or if it's a really good portrait of somebody and i want them to like feel feel good about what's going on so that they're less secure or, or less insecure or self-aware mm-hmm. then a lot of times that kind of helps them relax and go oh this actually looks good like I'm, I'm not as worried now. Um, when I've shot stuff, like a lot of times I'll bring a strobe. Like when we did that stuff for fast cat, I have a strobe out there. It's not even fully dark out. It's like dusk. It's plenty of light out, but the way I'm shooting it <clears throat> makes it look like it's a totally black background. So when, when I'm shooting something like that, I mean, I know what it's going to look like because I'm 
like you're creating a photo. Like you're not just taking a photo. Like you're literally creating an image. And that's a very different thing than just taking a photo. So when I'm shooting that, like, I know you understand how it works, but you're probably not thinking that that was what I was going to show you when I showed you the photo, was it? No, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't know that unless I knew like what your f-stop was, right? But, like, yeah, my shutter speed and all that right, stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so but I, I mean, that's always what I really enjoyed about photography is that you could almost paint or draw yeah. with a photograph. And yeah, it that way. yeah, yeah. Like I, I like the idea of creating light. Like you're creating the light that you want it to be. Yeah. So when I was shooting that stuff, like it's it's like I only wanted you in it. I want to simplify what the image is and. Um, so that's where like when you're outside and it's not even dark and you show a picture of somebody and it's like the only thing that's in the light is the person, everything else is entirely black. That's shocking to someone who doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. Like when I showed Frank, he was like, Oh my gosh. So, um, <laughs> so I really enjoyed doing that and kind of showing people so that a, they're more relaxed B they're comfortable that you're getting cool stuff that like, this is, this is actually going really well. Yeah. So it's kind of like a mix of, I just love photography and, and, and I want to share it with people. And then on top of it, I want people to be comfortable and confident with the results that they're going to be getting. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't have any reason to like hide my photos. I'm not going to go there and like post process it into oblivion. So I think there's a lot of photographers out there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people fake it. So yeah. yeah. So in, in light to, you know, the comparison between iPhone mm-hmm. or the concept that everyone is a photographer and everyone literally has something in their pocket that can shoot uh, anything yeah. and actually nowadays pretty well and you have to go up the price pretty high to yeah. outdo an iPhone. But I think in my opinion where a true photographer can separate themselves is within training and within eye and within perspective and within framing. But also just like kind of what you're talking about, the ability to manipulate a photo in real time and change things and, you know, like use a strobe, um, because you certainly cannot do that within, um, and you can't really manipulate light too much within an iPhone. So I think that that is getting, um, outshone, but I almost think like in a weird way, when I started, uh, going to school for photography, it was something that like the photography world is really worried about this phone mechanism taking over and yeah. essentially making SLRs obsolete. And then now I almost feel like because everyone has the ability to take a photo, it's gotten to the point where like, all right, we need, there's this standard and now we need to push through that standard and it's in turn made photographers better. Yeah. And then also made them stand out yeah. um, because there's so many people that take bad photos. So that helps. There's a lot of bad photos out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The iPhones are cool. The Google phone, the pixel, I guess it's called. Yeah. Like that one's actually got a killer camera on it. Yeah. That'll, that'll never stack up to an actual camera that you can fully manual adjust. It, yeah. Manipulate. Yeah. yeah. Like it just doesn't, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's just, it's just not the same. Um, yeah, you just, you just don't get the same result. And, and um, a year or two ago, I was talking to Jay Farrakane, who, do you know Jay? I don't. Jay's in Boulder. He does graphic design work. He's killer. He's, he's teaches it and all kinds of stuff. He's been like a super encouraging guy to me. And, um, we were talking a couple of years ago and, and, 
and he was talking about the importance of like, not just doing it, but like, what is craft? Like the idea of craft of what you're doing. And once it becomes craft, that's when the quality goes way up. And so for the last few years, I've really focused on craft of photography. So really learning to manipulate light and con and like the composition of an image rather than just taking a photo. And I dated a girl a few years ago who said something like, you know, I sometimes like sometimes you just need a photo. And I was like, I was so bothered by it. It, it just drove me insane. I was like, no, because even on like short rides, I would bring like a nice Sony, like a small Sony camera with me and just take good photos. And I was like, sorry, I'm not, I'm just not going to just take a photo. So, um, yeah, I think the concept of craft of photography versus just an iPhone, like, yeah, like iPhone takes a cool photo. It's great. Like it's good light. It's a little bit manipulable. Like you can manipulate parts of it. Right. But like, it's just, it's nowhere near the same as having a good lens, like having good glass and then having a good camera, like a full sensor camera that like, you know what you're doing with. Yeah. It's just not the same. I think it's it, the way I try and think about it is, it's like you go get an SLR body, just the body. Mm-hmm. So that's not the lens. Um, or you get a stock lens and it's junk and it only has so much manipulative like you can only change things so much. I kind of equate that to getting an iPhone. Like you, you only like you're stuck with what you have. And in that moment you might find yourself somewhere and say, well, I guess I just have to take a photo because there's nothing else I can do. Um, and then you're stuck with what you got and then you can do post processing and stuff like that. But that would be like to step away from the iPhone is like to be able to buy other lenses, to be able to change them in the moment to Mm -hmm. have multiple SR bodies, like to, to just yeah it, it changes everything yeah yeah it it, it it totally changes everything and i think um just knowing the tools too is just so yeah, huge, huge. Like, yeah the craft yeah. of knowing what you're doing and like knowing how to set it up is so huge and um yeah, like after jay told me that that whole died whole idea of craft i was like oh my gosh she's totally right and that's like all i thought about for like the longest time ever yeah i like so. that it's like don't just take a photo, take the right photo. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's not just a photo Put effort into it. Yeah. 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 Like actually construct and compose what you want it to actually look like. Even at something so small, like get, get a proper composition and take a good photo. I, I was on a plane before COVID. And then, um, I remember sitting next to this little kid and he was doing the classic out the window uh, in the clouds of the airplane mm-hmm. wing photo that like everyone has taken. Yeah. Um, and for most part, you know, people point their cameras outside and then realize that it's really not that great of a perspective or, yeah. uh, or contrast is really hard to achieve. And basically this kid proceeded to go through like seven different filters in the phone and change contrast <laughs> and change also, like um, basically cropping and, cha- and moving things farther within the iPhone than I was like even knew was possible. Um, and I was like, man, I really hope you get into photography someday. Yeah, you like, you know what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. It like, okay. Like that photo I took out of a plane mm-hmm. flying from LA to Chicago. That's cool. On 35 mil film. And like, I took like, I think two or three images, but that's of like the urban sprawl. So he's pointing to a photograph that he has hung up in his, uh, kitchen or i guess not kitchen uh dining room and it's of a street view of la i can um post this photo in a link um in the bio but it's a rad photo and it's uh yeah i mean like that would not be possible on an on an iphone no that's on 
35 mil film. All I really did adjusting it was brighten it a tiny bit and add more contrast and darken the blacks. And that was it. Yeah. And then, I mean, I added up yellow, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's cool. But yeah, like composing it is, is, is different. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't tell the pilot of United Flight, whatever. <laughs> Slow to, down, uh, please. Hey, can you yeah. uh, fly over that part yeah, of uh, go lower? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, though. It would be power. Uh, all right, so going back to sport photography. Um, so we got off a little bit <laughs> on top topic, but that's all right. Um, timing yeah. for a photographer, and obviously, like a sport photographer, is hyper important. Um, and I think one of my first jobs as a sport photographer, I was shooting college football and the guy that hired me was like, you will not miss any of the touchdowns ever. <laughs> and I'm, and he's like, the moment you do is the moment I'll find another photographer. And it was like, okay, great. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So like, what do you do for timing and how do you manage that pressure of like knowing it's like missing the, I guess the, the kiss at a wedding like it's that kind of thing like yeah. how do you manage that pressure and yeah yeah i mean I, i've had flashes not go off when i was shooting people walking to their oh, car man. after their wedding and it oh. went off like twice out of like eight shots i took and i was like cool so uh i know that feeling it's terrible it's the worst um and, and by the way that only happened one time if you ever <laughs> want to hire me for your wedding um uh it's it's definitely pressure you find yourself running a lot like you're running around constantly, whether like you're shooting a crit and you're like running between streets to get to like the finish line or whatever it is. Um, that's, that's where it's kind of interesting is, um, I mean, you don't always know the moves. So like racing's a little different, like bike racing's different in that like you might shoot somebody going for a preem or something in a crit or the finish line stuff. Like you always want to be at the lineup and all that. But otherwise, you want to kind of shoot like people in the break, things like that. So it's a little different than like shooting football. But yeah, you got to like, I mean, it's stressful for X amount of hours while you're doing it in the prep. And then afterwards, it's it's, it's stressful during it. And you're kind of in the zone where like people are trying to talk to you. You're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And just kind of in your own zone a bit, um, kind of in work mode versus hang out. Um, Stay yeah. focused. Yeah, like you just gotta stay focused and run. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta run like you're literally running down the sidewalk to get photos that you need. Yeah, be the frantic man. Yeah, <laughs> full on. <laughs> yeah, it's I I loved it at times and obviously like hated it other other times. It was yeah yeah something, but it also like adds a bit of uh, of a high to the game. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah, to shooting. Yeah, I mean, like I think sh- shooting West weddings is weird like i didn't think i was gonna like shooting weddings but i first started shooting weddings i loved it Hmm. but it was so stressful because you're like i can't miss anything and like you're not always gonna get everything perfectly but like yeah it's but like you get like kind of a high when you get like a really good race photo or like whatever like when you get the person cranking through a turn and they're in the break or whatever it's it's a really good high that you're like all about so um yeah it's pretty cool all right. Um, I know this is kind of general, um, but I'm going to throw it at you anyways. Right. What are you trying to capture in your photos? So in this, uh, I guess 
answer that question in sports photography in specific, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then all photographs that you shoot. Um, sports photography. I just want to see emotion of, of some sort, um, or something or not necessarily emotion. Like I want you to feel something when you look at the photo. So the emotion of the viewer. Yeah. Emotion yep. of the viewer, like whether it's you're like empathetic to like the effort that the racers putting forward or after the race, you're like, Oh my gosh, that guy is so cooked or that girl is so like cooked on this race or whatever. Um, or like if it's a big, big broad scene with somebody climbing up a huge climb, like that's, that's awesome. And like, and you go, I want to be there. I want to do that. That's what I want you to feel something towards it. Like apathy is not a good emotion to feel towards an image. I don't reckon, but, um, so I don't want you to feel apathetic towards it. Um, but, but, but feel something, um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So like, do you feel like that? How do you best capture, uh, emotion from the viewer then? Yeah. So I think in the cycling world, there's a couple of ways. I think if you're shooting and your audience is a cyclist, like, um, that's, that's a bit easier, I reckon. But, um, if it's not, then you kind of want to show the picture of like, oh, that's captivating. I'm intrigued by what this is or like, oh, that's cool looking. But for a bike racer or a cyclist to see it like, okay, like, um, okay. Cause you were there. Okay. The 303 project stuff, right. That image of you and Albert on the front when I was shooting out of the back of the truck, mm -hmm. that, that photo makes me want to be in that group. Yeah. Like that makes me go, Oh, that's cool. I want to be in that group. That looks like a fun group to be riding with. Or, um, there's, there's photos of you when you were like right on the truck and then like Grant and a couple of people were like a little bit behind you and you're like cranking through a turn. Yeah. Like that, that photo for a cyclist instills like a feeling of like, Oh, that looks so fun. Like that's, that's what I want you to feel when you look at one of those photos as a cyclist, as a, as a non-cyclist, just looking at it and going, Oh, that's rad. Yeah, that works. Like just, but just feeling something is, is what I want you to feel hmm. something. Apathy is the antithesis of what I want somebody to feel. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So how about, uh, all photographs that you shoot, same thing or different? All photographs. I think, I think most of what I, I shoot otherwise, um, it's just people. Cause I think that's just like the most interesting thing to take photos of is, is people. Um, and I think, um, when I shoot a person, I want you to, to feel like, you know, a bit of the person like that you've encountered them in some way, whether it's like, uh, like so I did a whole series on homeless people in Denver that I shot on medium format film. And there's times where people were like, oh my gosh, I feel like I know that person's story because I would I'd write a little bit about it. And then you kind of get to experience the person's um, faces. We were talking, though they're really kind and would let me take their portrait after we talked for like three minutes or an hour. And um, But just as a portrait photographer, I just want them, you, you do feel like you know the person a bit. And um, yeah, like whether it makes you uncomfortable or whether you feel like, oh, that person looked really kind or whatever it is, right? Like you feel like you know a bit of them hmm. through the photograph. So still emotion kind of in a way. It's just not as much of like you want to dive into that scenario more. You're just pulling. Y yeah. 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 You're just pulling a bit of them into the photo. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Okay. So now switching into another little bit of a different topic. Um, what do you, so basically the value 
that photography brings to mm-hmm. sport. Um, this is a pretty broad topic, but what do you think photography brings to sport in the first place? And what do you think it could bring more of? Nothing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Photography brings nothing. Um, I think what it brings to sport is a connection to the audience. Um, like, okay, growing up surfing, whether it was, videos or photos i remember reading every surfing and surfing surfer and surfing magazine ever published from the time i was like six until like i don't know like 20s read them all all the time coolest thing ever i loved it so much and i felt like i knew bruce irons i felt like i knew ty van dyke all these people in hawaii that i'd never met in my life i would see photos of them and it would give me that connection to them that um I didn't have later in life. I got to shoot portraits with Bruce Irons and Ty Van Dyke in Hawaii. That was rad. But until then, my connection to these people was photographs of them surfing and then like photos of like whatever. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that portrays them in such a way. So I think sir, like photography and sport is just, just a way to connect to the athletes. Like who are these people? Like what is, what is their character as summed up in a photograph, right? Like, um, uh, Luca Paolini, like all those guys, all the yeah. Italian guys, I've always loved those guys. I, I have, I have such a weird like obsession with Italy and the Italian cycling scene. So to me, seeing those photographs, like whether it's portraits of like the Italian teams on the bus or racing, I think it's such a cool connection to the athlete. So I think photography and sport is just such a cool way to connect the audience to the teams or the athletes, like in whatever way, but it's, but it's your connection to those people. It's how you're able to experience them. Yeah. And like, to me, that was just so cool growing up, getting to experience it in the surf world. And then now getting to do it some in the cycling world and, um, working with different people and different brands has been really cool. I think working with brands, the value of it and sport there is cool because you're able to kind of help tell the brand story, whether you're like, you're, you're, you're doing a, a, a job for a new, a new bike or clothing or whatever it is, depending, like I've had brands that are like, Hey, we want you to shoot whatever you want of this thing. We trust you. That's whatever you want to do. That's cool. I love it. Cause I might try something weird. So let's, let's do that. Um, but I think there's, there's space for it, for, um, they allowing, uh, brands to be represented in different ways and connect to their audience. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. That's no, I think it does. Bunch. I mean, so basically the way I see the importance of photography and sport is you, um, like think about certain athletes. If you think about, say so the same thing is your um, providing memories and that are, you know, pretty long lasting if it becomes the right photograph mm-hmm. and then maybe brands tack onto it as well. So like, for example, Michael Jordan, if you think of Michael Jordan, what photograph do you think of? Um, you probably think of his like iconic one handed, like leaping flying dunk yeah. that became the air Jordan logo. Um, and that's when a brand took a hold of a photograph and made it something bigger. And yeah. obviously he made that something bigger as well. And he's an, absolute phenomenal athlete. Mm. Um, and somebody might correct me, but 
I actually want to say that. I don't know if that photograph was from a slam dunk competition or not, but either way, yeah. the, the, like that is a true example of when a photograph can totally encompass a memory or an emotion, yeah. um, by a fan or millions of fans, which is an incredible power. Yeah. Like that is absolutely phenomenal. And then, you know, like comparing it to cycling, if you think of Chris Froome, you like, there's several photographs that, uh, tell his tale. Yeah. Looking down at his stem, um, <laughs> elbows, all the elbows way out. Out, like doing a super tuck. Yeah. Um, that became his photo for a while, but his running photo is so <laughs> iconic. I mean, one, it's just a moment in cycling history that will never happen. Likely never right. happen again. But at the same time, like he got a lot of ridicule for that and he, like people loved it and they hated it, but it became a memory. And yeah. that's something I think is so incredibly powerful. Um, at least for, I mean, people are different, but, and some people remember quotes or they remember people saying something, but I don't, I, <laughs> I remember images yeah. and visual things. Um, and I think that's incredible. Yeah. 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 I think like, like what the Groovers did with like uh, the Garmin team, yeah, like, stuff like that. Like I think about some of their photos and like the whole concept that I mentioned before of like creating light. I think they do that 150% and that helped kind of tell, tell the brand story in like a really cool way. Like when they were working with those guys, um, yeah. and I guess they still do maybe, I don't know. Um, but I think like, yeah, they tell the story, they create like what the image is. Yeah, for that group or brand or whatever, and it's, it's really cool. Well, okay, so what would you like to see more from sport photography? Oh, man. I don't know. I think, and I don't... And this is going to be personal. Like, it doesn't yeah, like I think kind of stepping outside of the cycling box. Okay, all right. right? Like I think the cycling box, like I don't want to say it's saturated, but I think it's, people are doing it. But there's, so I think more creating art is, is exciting. So like creating art with the imagery rather than just taking a photo of a bike, you know, like sometimes just a photo doesn't work. Right. So I think kind of stepping outside of the cycling box and incorporating other parts of different sports or different things like that to how you compose a photo in cycling is really cool. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure what that looks like yet. So I've got some, some stuff in mind that I'm going to be shooting, but I don't want to give away too much of it right now. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but yeah, there'll be more stuff coming out, but yeah, like I think just kind of stepping outside of the norm of this is what we shoot. We shoot the bike, we shoot the person and there's a scene and that's it period. But I think kind of, um, like I like mixing the idea of, uh, of different concepts with cycling, like whether it's fashion, like what I did with LA sweat with taking, um, I forget what their motto is. I'm so dumb. Um, it's like high, high class sports, mm, okay. but we took the whole idea of like Ralph Lauren polo shoot on like a tennis court and like bike kits. It doesn't make any sense, but like, I think just playing with the idea of doing different things is cool. And, um, yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but, but like, I think that there's definitely space to step outside of the norm oh, for sure. We're pretty caged at the, at the moment. Yeah. It's been cool though, within, uh, like quarantine globally, you see a lot of archive photos, which are phenomenal yeah. or, and or photos that were not sold. Um, so they weren't public 
knowledge really. Um, and those are resurfacing and they're phenomenal photos, but they don't, they weren't like necessarily photos that told a story at the time of like who won or how, like when the attack happened or if somebody crashed, it was more emotion or, um, different lighting or different contrast that the photographer probably took because they thought it was cool in the moment. And then it was like the newspaper or magazine didn't want it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that is like a, a positive of this time on the photography side, but yeah, I'm all about taking stuff from different sports. I mean, that's essentially what I was trying. One of the goals of this podcast is just to tackle different things that can help expand every athlete's sport or try to. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I guess it's kind of a mix of the whole idea of cross training, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, like cross training doesn't only apply to sports, right? I think it like applies to everything. And that's where I think shooting bikes and cycling is so rad. I love it. But I think there's so much value that comes from broadening what you shoot and how you shoot and the medium that you shoot too, to kind of really help out your, your cycling photography too. Like I, I love shooting film. I, and like, I know that's not the norm now, but like, I really love shooting medium format film and 35 mil. And I think that actually really helps you as a photographer too. So I think just as much as shooting, like the way other sports can play into it, I think playing with the way that you shoot or how you shoot or what you shoot will, will totally help your uh, photography of, of, of cycling and what the brand does. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Last question. Um, what is your favorite photo of late? So recently, what is the, oh, man. a photo that you've discovered that you've been captured by? I don't even know. I think I, I constantly am just looking at stuff. <laughs> um, it's probably a portrait, honestly. I just really geek out on the portrait stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know at the top of my head. Yeah. How about of all time? Um... So I'll talk about photographers or, 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 or that kind of stuff. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, sure. So August Sander um, is an old photographer from, I think, uh, World War One or two. I forget. He's a super old German guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would do mm-hmm. all these portraits of people just standing, like environmental portraiture is what they call it, in an environment. It's just a portrait. And a lot of the portraits I've taken are kind of like that. My mother at one point asked me, like, why do you take photos like this? This is weird. <laughs> And, uh, I showed her August standard and she's like, Oh, I understand. And so I think I, um, I just really enjoy portraits that are environmental portraits. So whether it's just someone just standing in a scene where you kind of feel connected to what they're doing and the person in some way. Um, so I really like that stuff. So not just a, a face on, yeah. in front of a booth. Yeah. Like not necessarily just like a that. face. I mean, like he's got a picture of a German soldier. He's got a picture, a really good photo. It's, it's really famous of a brick layer that's holding this big thing of bricks on his shoulders. And it's really cool. The lighting's awesome. He's got these creepy two kids and a portrait <laughs> of one thing that, but like, but yeah. you're intrigued by them. Like you look at it and you're like, I can't not look at that. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so stuff like that. And then in the cycling world, yeah, I constantly am looking at different stuff. Like, um, Kevin Batchelor does really cool stuff. Yeah, I love does. his lighting. Like he's he's really good at what he does and his composition. So I love looking at his stuff, honestly. Um, and, and and he kind of moves into that running realm as well, as well as um, 
guitar stuff. He's a really good hmm. musician. So he shoots different stuff, which I think is rad, like not just shooting bikes or whatever, but kind of covering different bases. So I enjoy looking at all stuff that he creates. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. I'll, uh, okay. I've got to answer that question. Um, I have two books that I've been looking at a lot lately. Um, the first one's Henry Carter Brisson, mm-hmm. um, who is known as a film photographer and a, like he kind of revolutionized photography. Um, and he, what he is known for is how he places a photo and his ability to shoot in a way like landscape portraiture, um, and have like seven people in the photo magically placed. And he doesn't do that. And he shot with, uh, I forget what he shot with, but it wasn't any sort of a device that you could view any photo ever. Mm. Um, and he shot very few photos every time he went out and he happened, like did place things really well. Um, so yeah, that's one yeah. of them. And then, uh, in contrast to that more on the new age side, I have an outside magazine book called the edge of the world and it's done by Jimmy chin and it basically places that like exact placement of individuals and athletes in this like grandeur world of being, you know, like whatever, uh, kayaking off a waterfall or having like a skydiver perfectly placed in nature, like that kind of stuff that, um, is yeah, amazing, inspiring and, and super rad. And if, if you like sports, like check that book out, if you, like photography definitely check that book out yeah um but yeah i mean and it also gives you an idea of the extreme nature of photographers and how hard they push their body without much recognition so yeah 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 those are nice um there's a guy out of la um they like estevan oriole i've Mm. got his book um i met him in burbank at this um it was really cool it was a chicano culture thing it was like a meetup and, and um and I went to that in uh, uh, 2019, and it was it was really cool. It was a bunch of low riders and these like really cool Chicano culture people, and it's, it's like totally outside of my norm, right? Like being from North Carolina, and um, but I was living near LA, and I went to this thing and met him. And he's got a documentary that's on Netflix right now called "This Is Los Angeles," cool. or, or I think that's what it's called, something like that. But um, it's really cool. But he he was like a roadie for like. Um, Get what, what rap groups but then he started doing photography and was shooting with like cypress hill and all these like people and then became like the most famous photographer around la for all the musicians and was like traveling with everybody and his stuff was really cool because he shoots a lot of film like a ton of film or he used to primarily and so i think seeing a guy like his photos with all of these really famous musicians um was always really cool because he knows how to come like compose a photo really well that's awesome yeah and it was all film too it was like Mostly black and white stuff. It was rad. <laughs> like, like full on low riders. Like there's a photo he has of like a low rider. It's like front ends bouncing like six feet in the air. Oh, and it's the coolest thing ever. Like that's a photo that's like stuck with me for a long time. I mean, I guess that's a great example of when you hear a photo that isn't part of your repertoire at all. Like, you know, nothing about, and then all of a sudden you're able to connect with it because it's just that well done. Yeah. 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 That's the stuff like that. I feel like for me, like I, I really like being uncomfortable. Huh? Um, that's like, I, I hate being comfortable. I don't know what it is. Like I, I prefer to be like a little out of my zone. And, hmm. um, though for me, I, I prefer that cause I feel like that kind of stretches you and the people you're going to meet and stuff you're going to shoot. So Brad, cool. All right, dude. Um, thank you again. Check Cody out. His stuff is awesome. 
um, where they, where can they find you? What's the um, best medium? Instagram. My Instagram handle is bikes, pirates, and scotch. Nice. And then my website is Cody man with two N's dot CC. Sweet. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot, dude. Hey man. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed our conversation about sport photography. Leave us a review or rating if you've been enjoying this show. Check us out on Instagram at Training Edge Pod and drop us a line with any recommendations for topics or guests or anything of the sorts. I'm always curious what everyone's thinking. Till next week's episode, keep finding your edge.